Isaiah 43, verses 18 to 19. It says, Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth, shall you not know it. I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Today I believe God wants to speak to us about the topic, get ready for the new. Get ready for the new. I want you to turn to somebody next to you and say, get ready for the new. Get ready for the new. It's time for us to get ready and walk into the new things God has for us. It's time for us to get ready and walk into the new things God has for us. You know, the Bible contains the thoughts of God towards us. In this Bible, you are going to find promises. I told you all before, anytime you are reading this Bible, look for promises. Promises are a declaration and assurance that God gives you that he will do something for you. So when you read the Bible, look for promises. Then the next thing you must look for in the Bible are principles. Principles are laws that God has put down. Principles put all of us on an equal footing. If you follow the principles or the laws of God, it will work for you. For example, it says, as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest will never cease. So if you sow a seed, you will always reap a harvest of the seed that you have sown. So that is a law, that is a principle that we must always know that if we follow, it will work for everyone. And then the next thing are prophecies. Prophecies are accurate predictions or revelations about the future. And so God tells you, you know what? I give you this promise that if you leave this earth, you are going to spend eternity with me. And so that gives you hope. That gives you hope that this is not it all. This is not it. This is not where it ends. And when your loved ones pass on, that you will see them again. That is a prophecy. It's to give you hope. And so when you read the word of God, that is what it's supposed to be. It gives you the intent, the heart of God towards man. And that's what this scripture is telling us in in Isaiah 43. It's telling you that whatever has happened before, whatever is in your past, it's time to leave it in the past. And it's time for you to move forward and let God do a new thing in your life. That is what he's telling you. It's amazing how in that chapter, God did not just come and say, okay, this is what I'm going to do for you. He started in verse 1. Let's see what verse 1 says. He says, but now, says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and him who formed you, O Israel. He says, fear not. He says, fear not, I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. In this time when Israel was, this time that Isaiah wrote this, Israel was going through so much oppression. The Assyrians were coming after them. And because of the fear they had, they had just been, been imprisoned or put in slavery, enslaved by Babylonians. 
And they were afraid again that the Syrians were coming after them. And out of their fear, they started looking to Egypt to come and help them out. To come and join forces with them to fight the enemy. And God said, no, 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 no. You don't need to fear. I am your God. I created you. And he says in verse 2, after reminding them of who he is to them in verse 2, he says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the valleys, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. That tells you that whenever you are going through something, or whatever it is that you've been through, God was there with you. And God allows it because He's going to, like I said, He allows these things to expand your capacity to take more. If God is going to trust you with more, He has to expand your capacity to take that. He has to. And so the way you pray God to give you courage, guess what? He brings things across your way to build your courage. You ask God to give you something, He's going to give it to you in a way you don't understand. But He's giving it to you. You ask God for patience, what does He do? He brings people across your way that test your patience. That's how He's going to give you the patience. So He's saying here, when you pass through the waters, isn't it amazing? You can pass through something either fast or either slow. He says the waters you can pass, you can decide to swim and go through quickly. But He says when you walk through the fire, you have to walk through the fire. You can't run through the fire. You can't drive through the fire. You can't swim through the fire. You have to walk. And the reason why he allows you to walk is because there are things to burn out. There are things to be refined. So you ha- it's a slow walk. But he tells you, I am with you. And so things that have happened in the past that the enemy will come and tell you, and I'm going to go into that, the enemy will come and tell you, oh, you can't do that again. Oh, you failed before. Or this happened. Let me tell you something. It's time to pick that thing up again. Because God is ready to do a new thing in you. God is ready to do that thing that you have asked him to do. That it seems like year after year after year, it just eludes you. God says to tell you this morning, get ready for the new. Get ready for the new. Then in verse 3, he reminds them. And he's laying down the line. He's laying everything down so that when he comes to them to tell them, do not remember the former things. He does these scriptures beforehand to reassure them. To remind them. He says in verse 3, he says, He reminds them, he says, For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt. So he's reminding him of his past faithfulness. I gave Egypt for your ransom, Ethiopia and Seba in your place. So what God is doing here is saying that, One time you came to me and tell, told me you couldn't pay your bills. Did I pay that bill for you? One time you came, your children were doing whatever crazy stuff. And you prayed for, to me, did I take care of it for you? So God is telling you, remember, go to the past and remember. It's okay to remember some things. Remember the memory we have is to remember the faithfulness of God. To remember what he has done for you in the past. And to let that give you the strength to know that if he did it before, he can do it again. He's the same God yesterday. He's the same God today. He's the same God tomorrow. Amen. 
And then he goes to verse 4 and just simply says, I love you. He says, you were precious. You were precious in my sight. He says, you have been honored. Even though you went through all of that, there's an honor in your life. We carry an honor in your life. He says, I have loved you. I will give men for you. Isn't that something? God will actually give people for your life. That tells you how loving, how much love he has for us. And then he goes to verse 17 and says, Whatever the size and the power of the army is, he says they will be destroyed. He says, who brings forth the chariots and the horses, the army and the power? They shall lie down together, they shall not rise. He said they are extinguished and they are quenched like a wick. God knows what you are going through. He's on your side. Those enemies, those mountains, the Goliath, God says it's going to come down. Do you believe that? Do we believe that? Do we believe that? Because God is ready to do great things for us. I see it in the spirit. I see what God wants to do, but we have to mentally, in our mind, go away from all the stuff from the past. We have to. And so it comes to verse 18 and it says, Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. He says, Behold, I will do a new thing. So there are three parts to that scripture, that verse, or those two verses. The first one says, I will. I said, do, do not remember. It says, Do not remember. Do not remember the things of old. So don't even consider them. Then the second thing says, Behold. Beholding is important because that's what determines everything. You can say, okay, the memory of the past or whatever happened in my past, I'm not going to let it affect me, but what you are beholding today is going to decide the door that opens for you. For every man here, you all stand in the present. There's a door of the past to your left, and there's a door to your future on the right. You can only take one. If you choose to open the one for the past, you are not going to be able to open the door for the future. And so God is saying, forget that. Don't, remember, don't even consider that. He says, don't even consider that door. God does not live in the past. Do you all know that? That even God gets tired of the old. He says, sing me a new song. Because he says, tired. all these old people that are here, let me tell you something, me included. When I saw that scripture, I'm like, oh, God loves new songs. So the old songs are great, but God, lo- God loves new songs. He says, sing me a new song. He says, the mercies are new every morning. God loves the new, new wine. He says, don't put new wine into old wine skin. He's having that wine. He says, come on, let me give you. And you're giving him the old wine skin. We do that. Moses, God says, I'm going to use you, Moses, to lead the Israelites out. What did Moses say? I can't speak. I can't do this. Do you know who you are talking to? But God is telling him, I want to do something new. You're going to be the Savior. Lead these people out. Four million people. You're going to write the first five books of the Bible. He goes to Gideon. Gideon is hiding in the threshing floor. Hiding, afraid. And God says, Gideon, mighty man of valor. What did Gideon say? No, brother Gideon. He just says, oh no, me? 
I am from the least tribe. And in that least tribe, I'm from the least family. And in my family, I'm the runt of the family. I'm the one, the one that, would never, that was never expected to do the best. And God says, you're the one I'm looking for. You see, God never uses those that think they have it all. That's what I'm coming to realize. I was with someone this weekend and they were saying, well, Pastor Angela, everybody's they, they are thinking that because you are a woman, because you are this, you know, I'm like, thank God I'm not all that. Thank God that God uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. I love God, I tell you. I love God. Don't ever let anybody put you down. Don't ever let anybody tell you you can't do it. Don't ever do that because once you cooperate with them, everything that they said will come to pass. Don't. There's something in you. Remember, I told you there's a scripture that has changed my life and I'll keep that scripture. You all will remember that scripture. It says, and there was a man sent by God and his name was John. So when you came to this world, when you were born, God, the Father, and the Spirit sat down and they had a conference about you. And they said, Victoria, this is what she's going to do, she's going to do, she's going to do. God doesn't see you from this. God calls your, your beginning at the end, and at the end he calls your beginning. We are the ones that look at ourselves and put ourselves down. God, have you noticed in the scripture, God never mentions your past? God never mentions, go read about God. He never mentions anybody's past. In fact, Rahab, the, the prostitute. Do you know why God told them to kill everybody in Jericho? Because he didn't want anybody to remind her of her past. Because she was going to be the great, great, great grandmother of Jesus. A prostitute. So what is it that you've done that you cannot forget it and move on? You're divorced, yes. Move on. You are overweight. I'm going to just say it here. Yes, but you can use it for God. You don't have a PhD like Dr. Angela. Yes, but the fishermen that Jesus used, 12 of them, that he turned the world over with, they didn't have a degree. We need to move on. You know what? The past, yesterday is powerful. It's addicted to you. Have you seen people addicted to cocaine? That's how the past is addicted to you. But God doesn't want you to be addicted to your past. All our life, we must make sure the past doesn't get addicted. We don't get addicted to it as it is addicted to us. Memory is good. Memory is powerful. But the memory that keeps you in one place is not of God. The memory of yesterday that keeps you grounded is not of God. What is it that you've done? Or what is it that happened to you that you cannot put down and move forward with? He says, don't even remember them. And when he talks about remembering, let me tell you something. It's not only bad things. Because you can ha also have good things happen to you that can grind you in the, in the same spot for years and years because the glory of what happened. Have you seen people that always tell you about what happened in the years, you know? I was doing this 20 years ago. When you're in a conversation with them, they tell you about all that happened years ago. What God did. What is God doing today? 
Yes, you healed people 20 years ago. You preached sermons 20 years ago. You led 20 people to, to, to God 20 years ago. What, what is happening now? What are we doing now? Now, now. The Bible says today, now, is the day of salvation. Now. So it's not only the bad things. So we constantly, oh, I don't have any bad thing in my past. Okay, you were in ministry before. You were a businessman before. You had this wonderful career before. And now maybe you are retired or whatever it is. There is still something for you to do. You can get refired up, not retire. You, everyone can do something. The woman that led that prayed Jesus in from heaven, Anna the prophetess. Do you know how old that woman was in the Bible? That was in the temple day and night. The Bible says day and night herself and Simon. Day and night for years. She was widowed at an early age. For years stayed in the temple praying for the Savior to come. God can use anyone no matter how young you are, no matter how old you are. Amen? So God says, don't remember the former things. Don't remember them. Now, the thing with memory is that memory is one thing we will never lose. Even when we die, you're going to go to heaven with your memory. Or those that choose to go to hell, they are going to go to hell with their memory. Remember the story of Lazarus and the rich man? The rich man was in hell and he was watching Lazarus on the bosom of Abraham. And he remembered him. You see how powerful memory is? So you are never going to lose your memory. So you see why it's so important when the Bible says those that overcome, they have a special gift or prize that God is going to give them a special stone that has their name written on it. Do you know the overcoming that we are going to do is overcoming all the things that the enemy has told us? Think about it. Every limitation that is with anyone here today is because of what the enemy has told you. I will go to one when I talk about getting out of your head. There is a you that is inside of you that knows this you is not the real you. Make sense? For every, everybody here, there is a you inside of you that knows that this you is not the best you. Everyone. Have you ever taken a picture and you think you are size 8 and you see the picture and you are like, no, do I really look like that? Because the real you is not what you see. The real you is what you have inside of you. That's why when you wear the dress, you think you are size 6 or 8, and then when you take a picture, you see you are size 14. And you are like, do I really look like that? That's why when you are struggling to better yourself, to do something better, because there is a you inside of you that knows that you can do it. Eternity is written in all of us. We carry eternity with us, and eternity we carry is the best of God. It says, do not remember the things of old. And then it says, do not even consider them. Not only don't remember them, don't even consider. What is consider? Consider means to ponder, to contemplate, to think carefully upon. And then the root meaning of it was very interesting when I found this out. It says, the speaking of the mind. The speaking of the mind. 
So that means you can be sitting down there, you can have a full conversation with yourself. How many have been there? You are with them, you are, they are talking, and, and you are gone. Pastor Larry and I talked about that, how somebody can be talking, right? And you, you are gone, and they see you, come back here. And you're like, okay. You have, you've, had a whole, you've written a whole book in your mind yourself. That's what the Bible is saying here, that's considering. It says, don't even consider it. Don't even let your mind start speaking to you. Let's read the scripture here. Romans chapter 6, uh, uh, chapter 10, verse 6. It says, but the righteousness, righteousness of faith speaks in this way. It says, do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above. Do not say in your heart. When the Bible talks about heart, the Bible is not talking about this. The Bible is talking about your mind. I hope you all know that. Anywhere you see the Bible talks about the heart of man, it's not talking about your physical heart that pumps blood. It's talking about your mind. So it says, don't say in your mind, who will ascend into heaven? Oh, how can I do this big and lofty thing? Or do I need to bring Jesus down again to see him in person to tell me I can do this? It says, no, don't, don't speak in your mind. And then Deuteronomy 7, 17 and 18, I don't think I... I think I gave you that. Okay. It says, if you should say in your heart, if you should say in your heart, if you think it, that's what you are contemplating and your mind is speaking to you and you are saying in your mind, these nations, these nations are greater than I. How can I dispossess them? It says, you shall not be afraid of them. But you shall remember well what the Lord your God did to Pharaoh and all of Egypt. So don't consider in your mind, don't let your mind speak to you that, oh, this thing is too big, oh, I'm not good enough, oh, I can never be loved, oh, my marriage will never improve, oh, my children will never come to the Lord. And so speak to your mind that you cause what your mind is telling you to manifest in the presence. Because what you say, both with your mouth and with your mind, is what you're going to see. Amen? says don't have the conversation don't even have the conversation with your with your mind see paul understood this law very well let's read philippians chapter 3 verses 13 to 14 it says brethren i do not count myself to have apprehended but one thing i do see that forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Like I said, if you close that door, then you can reach into your future and go through this door. But as long as the door of the past is open, that door of the future is always going to be closed. And that's what Paul is saying here. He says, I'm not, I don't, I'm not perfect yet. I've not reached the goal yet. But one thing I'm going to keep doing all the time is I'm going to make sure that door to the past is closed. And I'm going to make sure I'm pressing towards what God has for us. And that's the law in the kingdom of God. Remember principles, promises, and prophecies? There's a principle that says for you to get a hold of the future, you have to let go of the past. That's why you cannot look to the front and back at the same time. You can do your leg like that. You can put one leg in the front and one in the back, but not your vision. You can't put your head in the front and the back at the same time. You have to let one go. And if you're looking back, remember Lot's wife. When you look back, it's never a good thing. 
So the questions we have to ask ourselves, as God is beginning to talk to us now as a church, as individuals, we have already seen the new things God is doing among us. God is doing a lot of things here. God is doing a lot of... I came to church this morning. The check is there. There was an, an envelope on my desk with $5,000 in it. I can't even begin to tell you all the things God has done in this church in the last year. It just blows my mind. The letters, the, the messages, the voicemails, the, the text messages we get from the TV ministry in Nigeria, you will not think it's a church that is a small church in Cyprus. That's a big church in Cyprus. What God is doing. This, I told you, are the food pantry, the community food pantry, what God is doing. So the prison ministry, don't ever think God cannot use you. I think God is really making that clear to us in this church. Because of the things he's going to do. So that when people come, you can say, it's not just to say it. You have evidence. You have evidence to say, see what he did. Because that is what we made people come to him. It's not just to quote scripture. There has to be evidence of it. Amen? The Bible says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So quickly, I'm going to talk about some few things that we have to do for us to prepare and receive this new thing that God wants to do for everyone. The first thing is you must get out of your head. You must get out of your own head. I alluded to this a little earlier on. There's a you on the inside of you that knows there's a better you. That you that that's inside of you wants to get out out that you wants to get out how long are you going to make that you to sit down why the you that is not the best and the optimum God has for you to keep talking sometimes you just have to sit yourself down in the corner and say you know what I'm sick and tired of this what do I need to do Lord for this to change but you cannot do that if we don't get tired of the old If we don't say, I don't want it anymore, God cannot do anything. You know what? The Bible says it has to be the spirit and the bride that says, come for whatever you're looking for to come to you. God will say it in heaven, but you on earth, the bride of Christ, also have to say that thing, come to me. No matter how God wants to push it in front of you, if you yourself don't agree with God, two cannot work together except they are in agreement. No. You cannot serve God and mammon. You cannot serve your past and want a good future. No, it cannot happen. That's why I'm trying to challenge you today. Whatever it is, okay, you have a DUI. Okay, you stole. You, the worst is you killed somebody. Who wrote the, almost all the New Testament, the, the epistles? Paul, his name was Saul. He killed people. I told you the great, great, great grandmother of Jesus. Her name is Rahab. She was a prostitute. So that's what God is saying here. Get out of your head. There's something. You are better than what what you're seeing right now. Get out of your own head. Get out of your own head. 
The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16, it says, For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? We have the mind of Christ. You have the mind of Christ. You can think like Christ. You can do the Spirit of God that lives in Christ, that made him rise from the dead, lives in you too. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You are not helpless. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, it says, Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity. When those thoughts come, I'm not lovable. Grab it and say, I refuse. Get a scripture. God loves me with an everlasting love. Say that to yourself until the you inside of you accepts that. Oh, I'm, sh- I'm ashamed because of what I did. God didn't come to condemn us. He came to give us eternal life. Get that scripture and tell it to yourself until the you inside of you accept it. So that that you can come out. Amen? Get out of your own head. Then number two, let go of your own expectations. Let go of your own expectations. Look for God's faithfulness, but don't look for God to do it the same way you want it to be done. That's where we get, we trick up ourselves. It comes, usually it will come in a package you are not expecting, but that's where the blessing of God is. It was in that little stick that Moses was holding in his hand that God used to pat the Red Sea. A little stick. Right there. Now, when I'm talking about God doing new things, yeah, God will give us new cars, God will give us new houses, God will do that for us. But sometimes the best new thing in you can be what he does here. And can be what he does here. Because if he gives you the new car, the new house, and what is here is still not new, that new will become old real quick. Have you seen people that win the lottery? Why do you think they win all that money? Five years later, you see them. They are poorer than they were before they won the lottery. Because their mind was not where the money, their mind was not as developed as to the amount of money they got. So where your mind is, your, your body will always come back there. So why can't we be here and let our mind be there so that eventually our body catch up with it? That's why I'm saying get out of your head. You can be in a one-bedroom, a, a car that breaks down every corner, but you're seeing yourself. And believe me, one day you look and say, wow, how did I get here? Because your mind will take you out of there. Let go of your expectations. Hmm. I'm going to read the scriptures to recite. I don't think I put it in Job. You can find it real quick. Job 28, verse 7 and 8. In King James Version, Job 28, 7 and 8. It says, There is a path which no fowl knoweth. There is a path. I wish you could put it up. If not, I'll just read it. There is a path which no fowl knoweth. Job 28, 7 and 8. And which the vulture's eyes have not seen. The lion's whelps have not trodden on it, nor the fierce lion passed by it. 
What he's saying here is that sometimes when God is doing something, it does, he creates a path that no other person has gone by. He does a new thing. A new thing, not what we are expecting. Not what we are expecting. Look at the wilderness. When, when the Egyptians were at the Red Sea, that water was going to drown them if God didn't do something. But when they were in the wilderness, that water that was going to drown them was not what they were looking for. Did that make sense? So what could be a blessing to you today might not be a blessing to you tomorrow. And what could seem like is going to drown you today can be what God is used to, going to use to save you tomorrow. So don't ever expect God to do it the way you want to do it. I've always told young people when they are looking for like mates, you know, husbands or wives or they are praying, I tell them, listen, whatever, I know they say write down all the qualities you want. Yeah, write it down. But you don't know what God wants for you. See with the eyes of your spirit more than the eyes of your physical because God can bring a man that might be shorter than you or a woman that is taller than you or whatever the case may be. Does not match anything you've written in your thing. But that's who God wants for you. That's who is going to give you the happiness and the joy you are looking for. Amen? So don't expect, don't have all those expectations. Now this one is very good. Look for the new thing in the same thing. Look for the new in the same thing. I'm going to talk to married couples here. I'm talking about a new thing. You cannot let go of your wife or your husband, right? You're not going to go get a new wife. You're not going to get a new husband, no. What about that new attitude? What about the new way of talking to your spouse? What about a new way of having a prayer altar for your spouse? Where you say, God, in 2023, I'm going to spend 30 minutes every day praying for my spouse. Instead of complaining of what they don't do, how they treat you, how they don't give you this, how they don't do this for you. Why you decide now, okay, I'm going to do the new thing. What's that? I'm going to do the new thing. Look for the new thing in the same thing. I want a new marriage. I want God to make a change in my marriage. And to get that change, I'm going to start doing some new things in the same marriage to get the new I'm looking for. The way I relate to my children, the way I relate to my spouse, I'm going to change all of that. What if God is asking us to do that? And that's the new God wants to do for you. Amen? Taking a different approach. Genesis 28, verse 16. It says, Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place and I did not even know it. God is right here and I didn't, I'm looking for God everywhere. I'm looking for him to do a new thing and he was right here all the time. I can have the passion back in my marriage and I'm out looking for it when it's here all the time. I can have the understanding with my children. I can have a better life. I can have peace. When I spend time praying, instead of complaining, God can do that new thing I'm looking for. Look for the same new thing in the same old thing. 
Amen. Number four, he will do a new thing. Not a refurb- no, he's not going to refurbish the old. He will do a new thing. He's not going to refurbish the old thing. Isaiah 48 verse 6 says, You have heard. See all this. Will you not declare it? He says, I have made you hear new things from this time. Even the hidden things. And you did not know them. God is not going to repeat the old thing. God doesn't do that. God doesn't do that. He, he's more of God of new beginnings than God of second chances. And I will explain that. Because I've seen people that are divorced or when they pass relationships, God brings a new thing in front of them, but they are holding on to the old so much because God, they want God to give them a second chance. God, give me a second chance. And you know why they are doing that? Because of regret. If I had, I would have, I should have. And that is all. And even when God gives them that second chance, guess what? They find out that it's not what they wanted. Because anywhere there's regret, should have, would have, that's going back to, like you say, a dog going, going back to his vomit. God is saying, no, I want to give you a new beginning. I don't want to refurbish the old. It's going to be completely new. I know I'm talking to somebody here this morning. Because that is what has been holding you back where you cannot move forward. Because, oh God, can I have a second chance with this girlfriend? Can I have a second chance with this husband? Can I? God says no. 2023, this whole December, mourn and let it go. In 2023, he's going to do a new thing. A new thing. A new thing. He's not going to refurbish the old that has gone by. Amen? I quit that job. I shouldn't have quit the job. Oh, God. I started the business. Oh, it failed. I'm just so afraid. Okay, Lord, give me a second chance. Maybe. No. God has something new for you in 2023. Start walking towards it. Spend time. That's why we're going to be fasting. Every year we fast for 21 days. Tell God the new thing. What is it that you've been wanting to do all these years? How long are you going to sit on it? How long am I going to sit on it? Take the bold step. Just step out and trust that God is going to help you. Amen? And then finally, don't live in the wise. Don't live in the wise. He says, have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting Lord, God the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His ways are unsearchable. His understanding is unsearchable. God has never asked his children to understand why. He only asks you to trust him. No matter the whys you ask, if he answers it, you're going to have another why. If you answer that, you're going to have another why. And it will always lead you to defeat and doubt him. He will ne- you will never, we, can, we are too finite in our minds to understand God. We are just, we don't have what it takes. His ways are unsearchable. He only reveals what he will. What he doesn't want, he keeps it to himself. And you, you can scream from now till the day you die. 
If he doesn't want to reveal it, he's not going to reveal it. He's God in heaven. Remember my scripture. He's God in heaven. And he does whatever he wills. He's God. We are not. We are not. His ways are unsearchable. His ways are much higher than our ways. When you trust him, you know that. You know what? I may not understand the why, but I can trust that I know you have a reason for doing it. And that one day when I see you face to face, I won't even need to ask. I just see you and I will understand it. Every man, every woman that God has used in the Bible days and now, you think about it. There's no one of them that, hasn't, that don't have a story to tell you that would have asked God, why? Why me? And that why will make them sit down and not go forward. But every great man, every great woman you meet, they've learned to put their whys away. Why they trust God for the future and move ahead with the future and do what God has for them to do despite the past. He says, do not remember the past. Don't consider the former things. He says, behold, next week we'll talk about what beholding means. Beholding, the ability to discern right. The ability to see with the eyes that God sees with. That God will open our eyes to truly see the way he sees things. When God does that for a man or for a woman, your life is changed. You can see somebody and they are saying something with their mouth and you can read what they are saying. And God can reveal it to you because you now have eyes. You can discern. Discernment is powerful. Beholding rise and having eyes that see is powerful. Bible is, the Bible tells us over and over and over, behold, I do a new thing. Behold, see it. Why is it telling us to behold? Because we tend not to see it. And sometimes even when it's right in front of us, we don't see it. So today, as I begin to pray, and also I'm going to pray for, I want to pray for three groups of people. Stand up on your feet. As we get ready for what God wants to do for our lives. These messages are just to get our mind to start thinking. When you get home today, like I said, tell God what, I mean, speak to God. Tell him what you want to do for him. And tell him also what you want him to do for you. And whatever it is that is holding you back, begin to let him know and begin to move forward from it. So the first group of people I want to pray for today if you are here. You've just had so many disappointments in your life. One disappointment after another. It seems like you take three steps forward and then you take two forward, you take three back. And that's just been going on and on and on. God says to tell you today that your breakthrough is here. Your breakthrough is here. He's going to restore to you. That limitation is going to be broken because he's going to do a new thing. If that's you today, I want you to come to the front. You've had so many disappointments, you don't even want to try again. Because every time you try, it's like the devil tells you, remember what happened before? You've been disappointed before. So I take three steps back or forward, I'm back four steps. I'm like, I'm, I'm back to where I started, even worse. God is saying today to you, I'm going to restore to you. I'm going to restore to you. The second group of people are those that is just walls. As I was praying, getting ready, walls, walls, limitations. 
The enemy keeps telling you, you don't have what it takes. Don't even try. Don't even, at least, group one, they are trying, but you don't even try. You are not from this, you are not that, you are not this, you don't have this, you don't have that. If that's you today, I won't hear limitations. God is telling you nothing is impossible with him. And that he's going to break down every emotional wall. He's going to break down every financial wall. He's going to break down every relationship wall, every wall that has stood in front of you for years. God says, I'm doing a new thing. Those walls are coming down. Amen? God wants to do a new thing. And if you're here, you need healing in your body. You need healing in your mind. You need healing in your emotions. God wants you also to come out. Let's pray for you this morning. Oh, yes, Jesus. You are doing a new thing, oh God. You are doing a new thing, oh God. You are doing a new thing, oh God. Oh, every effort she puts forth from now on will bear fruit. Everything she lays her hands to do will prosper in the name of Jesus. Oh, Father, you said you did not tell us to serve you in vain. Whoever serves you will be rewarded. So every plan of the enemy to keep pushing her backward, I reject it in the name of Jesus. I reject it in the name of Jesus. You will move forward from now on and you will never go back. In the name of Jesus. Forward ever, never, never to go back. Thank you, Lord God Almighty. Thank you, Lord God Almighty. Every wall that has been raised up, every wall that has been raised up, I break it down today in the name of 